3: So excited to be here each and every Saturday morning, 10 and a half years, wow, 32 years at Cedar sinai and growing. See a hundred patients a week, many of you weekend warriors, well you're all weekend warriors, except for the warriors, They're the professional athletes, but for the most part, our bodies are the same, whether you're a warrior or a weekend warrior. So you can learn from clapper vision. You'll hear me describe these injuries. And Cody Bellinger, fixing his shoulder. Those loops that we use to reattach the labrum so his shoulder doesn't dislocate. To me, it's like tying a necktie.
2: Clapper vision.
3: Wrapping that tie around your neck and then making those loops and then setting the tie. That's exactly what we do with fiber wire, the special suture that we can use. And we can do it arthroscopically, not two and a half hours like I used to have to do before the scope and these tools were available. I can fix someone's labor in 20 minutes. Go home the same day and you're fixed. And you can actually save the Dodgers' season. Thank you. Good job, Cody Bellinger. And what about Urias? What about his shoulder? He tore the capsule in his shoulder. It's like overstuffing your knapsack and ripping the material. That's what the capsule keeping the ball and socket joint is. Well, how do you patch up your knapsack if you got a hole in it and the books are starting to come out? You sew it up. You patch it up. That's exactly what happened to Urias. And look at how powerful he was on that pitcher's mound. These are career-saving surgeries. And they're also life-saving surgeries for your life if you hurt yourself. So do your homework. Get a second opinion. And don't let them just tell you, here's a cortisone shot and you're fixed. If you learn one thing from me, learn that. I'm so excited. 8.15, my guest, he owns a coffee shop. He's Hawaiian. And he brought his family recipes from Hawaii to Gardena, to the bowling alley, to the coffee shop. And I trekked to enjoy his coffee shop one day because my Hawaiian friend, Russ, told me, It's the greatest Hawaiian food in Los Angeles. And at 8.15, we'll be blessed with his company. And as soon as you go there, you're going to feel like you're part of an extended Hawaiian family. And in Hawaiian, it's called Ohana. And when I knew Hideki was going to be my guest, it made me think all week about sports and art. And where do you see that Hawaiian feeling of Ohana In the world of art and the world of sports, well, the Green Bay Packers this season have a running back named Aaron Jones who scored it against the Detroit Lions in one game, four touchdowns. So exciting. Record-breaking. But then we learn what a heavy heart he's playing with because his 57-year-old dad, who did not miss a game in high school, college, or in the pros, he was in the military, retired, And his retirement was following his son around. He died of COVID in April. And Aaron Jones put the ashes of his dad, Alvin, in a necklace. Well, guess what? That night, he scored four touchdowns. He lost the necklace. Why is this relevant to Ohana? Because it's not so much that Aaron Jones lost his blood relative, his father, His blood relative, his brother came to help console him. But what I took away from it was an interview after the game that Alvin Jones had where he talked about how much the Green Bay Packer team, coaches, trainers, and community made up for the loss of his dad. He felt the ohana. Listen to Lisa Salters interviewing him Right after the game, where we learn from Aaron Jones about the loss of his dad.
4: Aaron Jones is playing with a heavy heart this season, but extremely motivated. This is the first time he's playing here at Lambeau Field without his father in attendance. Alvin Jones Sr. passed away in April after a battle with COVID. He was just 57 years old. Aaron is obviously still grieving, but told me that he and his family are doing okay, that they have good days and bad. Game days are tough for Aaron, though, because for as long as he can remember, he said, whenever he came out onto the field pregame for warm-ups, his dad was always in the stands to welcome him and to wish him luck. So he said he's dedicating this entire season to his dad. And he told me if the Packers can win a Super Bowl, he knows it somewhere Alvin Sr. will be smiling.
3: But here's the problem. That necklace that he wore to commemorate his dad, he lost it. Listen to him tell Lisa Salters.
4: Aaron, I know that this is your first game here at Lambeau without without your dad. Just how much was he on your heart tonight?
2: Uh he was he was really on my heart. I actually have a, a chain with a football and his ashes are in it. I scored and uh it fell off in the end zone, so I'll go look for it, but I know he's happy he'd be happy. He was like if you lose it anywhere, losing the end zone. So. You
4: didn't you didn't you haven't found it?
1: I haven't. Uh, the grounds crew was looking for it though. So
4: oh, we gotta go. Get we'll that. find it. We'll
2: find it. They
3: actually do find it. And who finds it? The trainer. What time does he find it? At 1.45 in the morning. That's his Ohana, knowing how much that necklace meant to him. But listen to Aaron Jones talk about, in his mind, what Ohana really means.
2: But, uh, you know, I have a locker room full of brothers here um, who are making sure that I'm okay. And um, so, like, some nights I'm just, I'm there with them on their couch or different things like that. So, Um, That's what this game is all about, having your brothers around you. And And then the reporter says to him, didn't you
3: just sign with the Green Bay Pack because Aaron Rodgers, the superstar quarterback, is there? Aaron Jones says, no. I'm here because of my Ohana in Green Bay, the teammates, the trainer, the coaches, the system, the community. They're my family.
2: Before you signed your contract, did you have any conversations with with Aaron Rodgers, the other Aaron about his future and, and whether or not he he planned to uh, to return. Was there ever a conversation between you and him? And if there wasn't, would would, would that have factored into your decision at all to, to return to the Packers if, if Aaron didn't want to? Uh, no, sir. We never talked about that, and um, I I don't I didn't I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I, st- I still be here. This is home. This is where I I love to be. I love the coaches, the my teammates, the community. Uh, The system, everything. So this is, I feel like this is where I still would have been.
3: There's the definition of Ohana in sports. What about in the world of art? In 1976, Alex Haley wrote Roots and picked a 20-year-old college student from USC, an acting student named LeVar Burton, to be the star of this show. LeVar Burton talks about what ohana is that you're not related to alex haley but how special alex haley was in his pursuit of explaining to all of us what ohana really means listen to lavar burton talking about alex
1: haley who wrote roots even though there's no genetic material that we have in common we have a psychic connection we have a cellular connection not cellular but cellular connection that makes us part of one another, he and I, and and he's one of my ancestors. You know, he's looking out for me from the other side. I feel his presence often. I mean, I I I, I feel him here now. I otherwise I wouldn't be so emotional. I mean, he's he's a really important figure in my life.
3: I want you to hear Alex Haley himself this is a fantastic interview because he ends up interviewing the interviewer. Stop asking me about my family, Alex, Haley says. What about your family? You need to learn about your family and the wider connection we all have with the
4: past. I was just trying to write a book for which I had an idea and into which I had invested a lot of time, years, more than I should have. So at that time, my concern was not impact. It was finish this book. That's what it was.
1: What was your motivation? You had heard stories from your
4: your grandmothers. From my grandmother and her sisters. And it was my motivation at first was curiosity.
1: How old were you when it sort of struck you that you ought to document this and do some research?
4: Probably close to 40.
3: And now Alex Haley looks at the interview and says, When this interview is over, buddy, you only have one important thing to do which is to go talk to your grandmother about your roots, your Ohana.
4: The problems uh, come before you even get to Africa. Problems very often come. Let me ask you, how much do you know about your family? you black. Do you know much about your family? I'll, I'll admit I know very little. I hear stories from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Have uh, you, is your grandmother living? She is. Well, now let me tell you something. You don't have anything in this world more important to do than after you finish this show, you get your way to your grandma and talk to her. Uh-huh. You see, in your grandmother's head, in her memory, are things that if you let her pass and you haven't gotten it, it'll be absolutely impossible for you ever to get it about your family. Uh-huh. And it's, if, if, if it is not important to you, It's most important to your children. And the only source you've got in this world is your grandmother's memory. Mm -hmm. So it's most important. So you have answered your own question. Is it too many have not done that with the grandmother?
3: But it's Alex Haley's gift to us to see us all as the family. Listen to LeVar Burton talking about what he learned about Ohana
1: from Alex Haley. I love that man. Love me some Alex Haley. He was a a father figure for me. He was a big brother uh, for me. Ah um, oh man, yeah. I see. Alex was a great man. I, you know, I, 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 and I don't often use those two words in combination. Alex was a great man. Alex, let me tell you about Alex Haley. Okay. First of all, Alex was one of the most authentic human beings I've ever met. And what I mean by that is that Alex was the same person, whether he was talking to a head of state or the cook in the kitchen. Whether you were related to him by blood or not, he saw the
3: connection in people that he created
1: as Ohano. And believe me, I did a lot of, of, of ballroom dinners with Alex and Invariably, at some point in the evening, after all the speeches were made, he would go back into the kitchen. Because those kitchens in ball, hotel ballrooms tend to be, at least in the 70s, were populated by people of color. And, and Alex had that very rare ability to, when he was talking to you, he's, he wasn't looking around the room. He was focused on you. Alex made you feel as if you were the most important person in the world when he was with you.
3: Here's a 20-year-old actor on scholarship to school to USC. But Alex Haley says you're doing something very important right now, LeVar Burton. And your real family, your blood relative, your mom needs
1: to see this. Listen to what happens. Here's the kind of man Alex Haley was. When we were on location in Savannah, Georgia, he came to me one day and he said, "You know, um." You're too young to be aware of it, but this is probably going to end up being a pretty important event in your life. And, um, and I think it's really important that your mother be here for some of this. Wow. And I know that you can't afford to fly her here. You know, I was on a scholarship at USC. <laughs> and so I'm sending her a ticket, and he did. He brought my mom to Savannah. For a week while we were there because he knew how important it was. He knew how important she was to me. My mom, when, when I got to USC, like I said, I was on full scholarship. Wow. But there was a gap in my financing, you know, because I was not able to hold down a part-time job. And so in addition to her day job as a social worker, my mother was a cocktail waitress at night at Smalls Paradise on Stockton Boulevard in Sacramento, California, so that I could go to USC. So Alex knew the importance of Irma Jean in my life. And, and he knew how important it would be for her to see and be a part of this experience.
3: Here's where LeVar Burton calls Alex Haley old school, because he recognizes how important
1: the past is and our connections to people. That's Alex. Alex is from the old school, you know? He was from the old school. Um, he had old fashioned values and he loved humanity and he was the best storyteller I've ever met. And I feel like in the during the course of my thirty year career I've I've studied under some of the best. That's what we do every Saturday, storytelling. Alex was the first, and then I went on and I, I studied with Gene Roddenberry, and for 25 years I had a a real mentor relationship with Fred Rogers. I have studied with men who are the best at what they do in the realm of storytelling, and Alex Haley was my first and, and the greatest of my storytelling teachers, in my view. And finally, it culminates in LeVar Burton
3: feeling what Ohana feels like. Total strangers
1: who you feel a connection to. I see and, and feel Alex with me more often than you can imagine. I, I feel him at every major passage in my life. The birth of my daughter, when I got married. Um, Alex is always there. Alex, it's really interesting. I went to this village of Juferay once. Um, this was when, Alex was when Alex was still alive. And I was embraced as a family member. That's right.
3: Ohana. Coming up next, we're going to learn all about it, the Hawaiian connection. It's a special feeling, and you can get it here in L.A. We'll be talking to Hideki from the Gardena Bowling Alley's Coffee Shop, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN.
2: Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? It's Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
3: Google the Guggenheim.
2: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Went to a garden party. Remind this with my old friends. A chance to share old memories. Play songs again. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it all right welcome back,
3: Weekend Warriors. Well, Good job, Steve Paulette Ricky Nelson. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest. Hideki, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. You're welcome. I want to know everything about you. I'm just so fascinated by this story. So, first, teach me about history in Los Angeles, about the Hawaiian community... Coming to the South Bay. Tell us about you and your family and how this all happened.
5: Oh, you got to okay, lower your radio. Well,
3: your radio's on in the back.
5: Oh, turn, should I lower
3: the radio? Yeah, down? turn it. Turn it off. You'll you'll be able to hear this on a podcast. So, not to worry.
5: Okay, turn it
6: off. coming
5: to the South yeah. Bay. Good. Well, uh. uh I was born in uh, January 41, and uh, our family was uh, wow. in uh, a kind of a commune, community farm over uh, near El Camino College. It was called Carada Ranch, uh, as a uh, lease to him hmm. uh, from from uh, some white folks, and uh, there were about a dozen families living in there, and uh, one of them was my my grandfather. Wow! So. So that was real Ohana. You're talking about Ohana, which, by the way, comes from an old Polynesian term uh, called Maori uh, Kohanga. Uh, means nest. Hmm. So wow, it was a community. We grew up and the war broke out and uh, we caravaned to Utah. Most people had to go to these 10 concentration camps, which I think uh, you all know about. Not enough? Anyway, we don't know uh, enough
3: about them. Yeah, Hideki. I know.
5: Damn. I, I was really happy to hear you talk about Alex Haley because he, he's one of my heroes too. Mm-hmm. and In uh, and, and the movie Roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, my brother-in-law and I bought the Guardianable coffee shop in the uh, spring of nine, 2001. And it, it was our favorite restaurant, me, my wife, Jeannie, and my extended Ohana family. Hmm. And it it was so unique because it was loud and, and there were a lot of Hawaiian <laughs> Polynesians in there. Uh, and it's expanded. And I just love hearing about Ohana, you talking about Ohana. You know, I just we just had a... Uh, Big Asian-American drug abuse program, Mm -hmm. almost 50-year anniversary, and the whole theme was Ohana. Hmm. Because it's community. It's all kinds of people coming together, Mm -hmm. working together, uh, defeating the drug problems. Yes. So...
3: so um, How did you pick the Hawaiian concept, though? I mean, is Hawaiian in your... Family? Where was it? It was a Hawaiian coffee shop before 2001. Tell me the story.
5: Yeah, it was uh, actually uh, it it was actually a family uh, owned uh, building and restaurant. They had a restaurant in the back, and then they moved it to the to the front.
6: Mm -hmm.
5: Is is the Amenta family that ended up with? With it, and the uh, community was everybody. Um, ha- I have to be Japanese American, but mm-hmm. uh, it it serves primarily Polynesian food, Hawaiian food, mm-hmm. Lokomoko, Hawaiian Royale, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: My Hawaiian mm-hmm. friend. Uh, told me that whenever he has saimen, which is a big bowl of broth with noodles, and in in the Jewish deli we call it kreplach, better known as wontons, and you get a you get yeah. chopsticks and you get the spoon. He said whenever you get that, you need to get a cheeseburger. You have to have it with a cheeseburger. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's what you
5: yeah. I was wondering why you did that. Okay, so now I know the story. <laughs> Why you bought the
3: cheeseburger? I, yeah, let me tell you something. You want to enjoy your Simon? Have a cheeseburger with it, Hideki. Okay, I'll
5: do
3: that. And don't worry, I'm a doctor. I'll take care of whatever happens to you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> but how? But, um, how? I I will tell you this. As soon as I walked into that restaurant, your restaurant, you could feel something different. First of all, it's in a bowling alley. So why? I'm not going bowling. I'm going to eat the food. But as soon as I walked in, it felt like I entered a bubble of kindness, of of spirit. It, it, it was it was just yeah. awesome. I was looking at what the people next to me were eating. They were looking at what I was eating, probably because they go, this guy's <laughs> going to eat a cheeseburger and a bowl of Simon. I don't know what. But the people working there was so gentle and sweet and nice. And that you got to get credit for because it comes from... The top it comes from you and your brother-in-law.
5: Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we are a family. We are Ohana, and Mm -hmm. uh, the whole restaurant is Ohana, and the whole bowling alley is Ohana. The video side, the pool tables, the bar. uh, Wow, it's very eclectic. Uh, Reminds me of my high school. You know, we were what high school. Garfield High School up in Seattle, Washington. Wow! Went to school with Bruce Lee. No way! <laughs> yeah,
3: tell me a Bruce the Lee story from high me. school.
5: Oh man! Uh, Did anybody pick a fight with him? <laughs> one guy in San Francisco uh, early on. You know, he was he he was born in San Francisco to a uh, uh, mother and father who was in the Chinese opera tour, and so after. After he was uh, getting into too many fights in Hong Kong, <laughs> uh, the cops told his parents he had to get out of there. So they, you know, they sent him to um, San Francisco first, and then he matriculated up to Seattle where we went to Garfield. So I knew him there.
6: Wow. And
5: uh, up in University of Washington, that's where he made his mark.
3: <laughs> when he looked at you, did you get scared because he could like look right through you? Did he have those kind of piercing eyes?
5: Oh, he, he he was just so good, so fast. Wow. Uh, anyway, getting back to Garfield for just a minute, you know, Quincy Jones was, uh, I think, five years ahead of me. Oh, my God. 52. And uh, we're going up there for our 100-year anniversary, and he'll be up there speaking. Jimi Hendrix was there. He oh was in my, uh, my sister's class.
1: She was in your sister's class. So, oh, my God.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The we were perpetual champs in football, <sighs> basketball, and we had the academics, too, because we were located right between the Ritz area and the international Chinatown area, hmm. so we had it all. It was a really unique school, unique uh, experience going there.
3: I mean, my friend Russ, who I surf with in Ventura, he lives in Camarillo, okay? He's from Hawaii. I'm in the okay. ocean waiting for waves with him one day, and I said, Russ... I miss eating the food in Hawaii because I go to Hawaii a lot. I love to surf. <laughs> and he says, well, Robbie, I get in my car in Camarillo and I drive twice a month to the Gardena Bowling Alley's coffee shop. And it's the best <laughs> food you're ever going to have in L.A. Oh. better than Honolulu. And I did it. And I remember parking my car. <laughs> looking around the neighborhood going, what the hell am I doing here? And then I go into (laughs) the coffee shop, and I felt like music was playing in my head. It was unbelievable to walk into (laughs) that space that you created. So what's your favorite thing to cook in that restaurant? you have a favorite dish that I should have next time I come?
5: Yeah, well, Frank is the cook, but... uh, 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 Gee, there's so many. Hawaiian Royale is really popular on our list. And uh, Mokoloko, yep. which was actually uh, uh, originated at the one Puka Puka Cafe up in the big island of Hawaii. Wow. You know, the 442 and the 100th Infantry. Uh, renowned soldiers. Wow. Liberated uh, bruyers. Uh, Spam Musubi is another big favorite. Now, uh,
3: how did you get into the restaurant business? I mean... What was your journey like? You finished high school. Did, did you go to college?
5: Yeah, I went to the University of Washington. I majored in aeronautical engineering. Came okay. That and What did you do
3: after college? What was your first job?
5: First job, aeronautical engineer with uh, McDonnell Douglas in Venice. Wow. Venice, uh, California. Wow. Minute, man. So, yeah. And, and then, then what? Restaurants. How did that I mean? enter your life? How did that enter my life? Like, did
3: you could say, yeah, I can run a restaurant.
5: Oh well, uh, believe it or not, I had zero experience. <laughs> at, uh, it was my favorite restaurant with um, um, my my wife and I used to go there all the time, and then we heard it was for sale once. So, wow! Uh, I, actually, it was uh, one of our waitresses at the at the Azuma Japanese restaurant, which. Frank and I also Hmm. own, she came over and said, hey, Zoom is for sale, so. But uh, but the Gardena Bowl coffee shop is our base. We have so many friends, so many people came from Hawaii, you know, after the war, probably early 50s to Hmm. mid 60s. So there's a huge community all around Gardena, Torrance area.
3: Are you telling me that it's called Hawaiian Gardens because so many people from Hawaii went there?
5: No, the Hawaiian Gardens is a little further south. But, uh, uh, so it has nothing to do with Hawaii. The, most of the people coming from coming from the island settled on the west coast. And in L.A., they settled in Gardena. <laughs> so wow. A lot of them first went to downtown, a little Tokyo area, and then they articulated Gardena.
3: Wow. Um, So Gardena is Honolulu East.
5: That's right. You know, actually, we have uh, a lot of customers come from Hawaii and they take pictures in front of our Gardena Full Coffee (laughs) Shop. And then they they fly over to Vegas and stay at the California Hotel. Wow. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people say that our food is equal to or better than. It is. is it. I'm going to tell you is, that right yeah. now.
3: Tell me what it's like to have a steady customer. Do you have customers that come there every week? Do they come twice a yeah. week? What's it
5: like? We have customers that come come here every day. Oh, we had really so many customers. They're regulars. Yeah. Carl to Hank. Uh, and you know them all. Oh. And you go looking. Just, you yeah. shake.
3: You go and shake hands. You go say hello to everybody, right? They feel like they're coming to see a friend. They're coming to see Absolutely, Ohana.
5: Absolutely, yeah. hmm
3: So what yeah. does Ohana mean to you, Hideki? What does that term mean to you, being related to it's, someone who's not your blood relative?
5: Exactly. It's exactly as you as you were talking about earlier in the show. You know, it's uh, extended family. It's uh, uh, you know, in Hawaii they they call everybody auntie and uncle mm-hmm. because that's the feeling. It's uh, truly integrated. Um, it's family. It's it's community. It's everybody working together. And it's you know that's why the Hawaiian people are are noted for their hospitality. They'll give you the shirt off the back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Genie's father was in the four hundred mm. and forty-two F company, and his best friend was from Hawaii, Dick Kimura. Mm. He says uh, those Hawaiians they got your back, mm. but it was different, you know. The the, the Hawaiians, uh, the people from Hawaii, at least the Japanese Americans and, and the ones from the mainland, they they both served in. The 442, but there was a lot of animosity at first because the the Hawaii boys thought the the, the mainland guys were kind of uppity. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know they didn't have any Ohana friends. They was just really uh, looked down upon them in the war from the white white boys. Mm-hmm. So it was this uh, real. This guy general says, "Hey, you know, we gotta do something." So what they did was they took they took the uh, the Hawaiian outfit from uh, Fort Snelling, I think it was, and they took him to one of the concentration camps, one of hmm. the ten, one of the ten concentration camps in Arkansas to have a party, and they went there, hmm. and then they saw they were behind barbed wires and what wow. so. Hmm. They went inside, and after that, they realized that they were the brothers, and the uh, Hawaii folks were the first ones that shipped out to Italy. and hmm. then the, the uh, mainland guys came later and the Hawaii guys showed them how to fight, hmm. you know showed them everything, and then that's when they really bonded. they became the uh the fighting force. most decorated. You know,
3: I think that's what Daniel Inouye was uh, part of.
5: Yeah, Daniel Inouye was there in Los hmm.
3: uh, I want to play a soundbite so. for you, and I want to get your sensibility about what your place is really all about, of making that Ohana. But what it, what it means to you to hear Alex Haley berate this interview and saying, listen... You only have one important thing to do today, which is to end this interview and go find your grandmother. Listen to this soundbite.
4: The problems uh, come before you even get to Africa. Problems very often come. Let me ask you, how much do you know about your family? you black. Do you know much about your family?
1: I'll, I'll admit I know very little. I hear stories from my grandmother.
4: Mm-hmm. Have you, uh, is your grandmother living? She is. Well, now let me tell you something. You don't have anything in this world more important to do than after you finish this show, you get your way to your grandma and talk to her. Uh You see, in your grandmother's head, in her memory, are things that if you let her pass and you haven't gotten it, it'll be absolutely impossible for you ever to get it about your family. Uh And if, if, if it is not important to you, it's most important to your children, and the only source you've got in this world is your grandmother's memory. Hmm. So it's most important. So you have answered your own question. Yeah. is it too many have not done that with the grandmother?
3: Hideki, does your heart skip a beat when you see a family come into your restaurant, and the grandmother's there, the mother's there, yeah. and the grandchild's there?
5: Yeah. I, my grandma, my grandma was my favorite, Uh, you know, she used to massage me every morning. Hmm. Uh, In fact, that's how I became interested in massaging and shiatsu, which I teach now. Hmm. My grandmother's name was Fui, Hmm. Kayasaki Murata, and she came from Japan and I guess being the oldest uh, grandchild, I was kind of her favorite. Mm. I would go with her, shopping to the store, uh, translating for her, making sure that she didn't get shortchanged. I think of my grandma, my bachan, every day. And every when
3: you day. see that customer and they brought the whole family, is the first person you go up to to greet the table the grandmother?
5: Yes, yes, <laughs> very definitely. Uh, Sonsais, you know, third generation Japanese Americans have a special bond with their Obatan and their Oji-chan. Wow. And because they were so strong, you know, the the Mises, they came over and, you know, occurred, there was a lot of prejudice come up, mm-hmm. but it was the Sonsais that came up and say, hey, you know, we were done wrong. For we're you to
3: be them. able to recognize the bitterness, just the very term concentration camp is how awful, as a Jewish guy whose father fought in World War II to try to get yeah. Adolf Hitler, that word alone means so much. But for you to be able to find the kindness in people after all that, I'm telling you, the lokomoko may taste good in Honolulu, but it tastes way better at your coffee shop. <laughs> and now I know why well, after talking you. to you. I want to thank you so thank much you. for coming on, and I really can't wait to shake your hand again in person and to send as many of the weekend warriors, not that you need the business, but you, what you have is a very special place in Los Angeles, and it doesn't come by accident. It becomes, it comes because it's a piece of your soul that's in that place. So God bless you, Hideki. Thanks so much for joining us this morning.
5: Thank you so much. I love you, Tom. Take okay. care.
3: All right. God bless you. That's the great Hideki Obayashi from Gardena's Bowling Alley's Coffee Shop. You want to treat yourself. You won't believe what you're going to feel and see when you enter that small little coffee shop. It's just awesome, and it has history. Speaking of history, I need to know about your orthopedic history. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We'll open the clinic. Although I'm so hungry right now, you can't imagine. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 7:10
0: ESPN chance to share old memories Play songs again When I got to the garden party they all knew my name No one recognized me
2: I didn't look same Holy emoji clap man. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. My child arrived
5: just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for I knew it And as he grew, he'd say I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like
3: you Welcome back, Weekend Warriors! Cats in the Cradle Harry Chapin Miss him Died on the Long Island Expressway in a car accident Terrible Awesome. All right, let's take some calls. The lines are all lit up. I don't need to talk about food. I can just talk about going to Gardena Bowling Alley and having the Hawaiian food, which you need to do, and treat yourself to get a donut up in Ventura. Good time donuts. Tell them Dr. Clapper sent you. She'll get a big kick out of it. Ask for soup. All right, Steve Paulette who you want to take? Let's go to Michael. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
0: Hello, Dr. Clapper. Uh, It's it's an honor. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan. Thank you, Michael. How young are you? Um, What do you do for a living? Well, you're going to love this. I teach surfing. Ah! Um, (laughs) You're right. I'm going to love that. (laughs) I know. How young are you? I'm like, man, Clapper would love me. I'm 45. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) What did your father do for a living? Where did you grow up? You know, I grew up in Los Angeles, um, but I was very fortunate to have an older sister who lived on the north shore of oahu wow so i was and my mom worked for the airlines so i could fly to hawaii for free stay with my sister and the neighbors were all pro hawaiian Uh, legends (laughs) jerry lopez you meet him you know i have not met jerry lopez but Derek ho lived right up the street oh wow and um i don't know if you're familiar with the mcnamara brothers i am um, liam liam and garrett yes Oh yes, they took me my first time surfing when I was a little kid. Those are so scary guys blessed. to be around,
3: but they they, they have no yeah. fear in their bodies.
0: Yes, Liam uh, scared scared me uh, <laughs> half to death. He laid on my legs and then paddled me out into a big south shore <laughs> in Waikiki and just forced me to surf. <clears throat> Get up. Oh jeez. Anyway, <laughs> do you have any of the old boards? Um, um, you know, they gave me a board, you know, when I was a kid. They were so nice. Wow. See,
3: that's Ohana. Now, that's the spirit of Aloha. Yes. You experienced it firsthand. Exactly. You're a kid from Los Angeles. You go to the North Shore. Yeah, if you rub people the wrong way, they'll beat the crap out of you. But you know what? You probably deserve oh, yeah. it. All you need to do is exactly. be humble. And when the wave comes, it's not your job to take the wave. You have to earn it. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you'll hear a voice that it will say to you, it's yours. Go get it. And that's what happens. But I, too many knuckleheads go to Hawaii uh, yeah. and think that they can do whatever they want to do. It don't work that way. you got to respect I the
0: crowd. Exactly. When I teach my students, I always tell them, I say, you're learning the sport of kings. This is
6: that's right. from
0: Hawaii. Hawaii gets all respect all the time. You're a visitor. <laughs> exactly I, I always right. go over it with them. Yeah,
3: good for you. Um, yes. Remember, the metaphor for me that I learned from Steve Pesman was a surfboard is a true metaphor for life the board itself because the nose of the surfboard is your future the tail of your surfboard is your past but only the surfer who stands in the middle learns to live in the moment and that is what life is all about is learning to how to live in the moment which too many people don't get. Everybody's worried about tomorrow. What is going to happen with this stock? With this, <laughs> with this other venture I have. Everybody worries about tomorrow, and they dwell in the past. No, all you mm-hmm. got is right now, this moment. And surfing teaches you that better than any other sport. Good for you to spend your life doing it. True. I'm, I'm proud of you, Michael. How did, how'd you well, hurt yourself? What can I do to help
0: you? <laughs> well, now I need your help. Okay, uh, I'm here. It caused I'm, me. You got you me. You know, teaching. Uh, it's kind of like surfing for four people. So when I go surf, I surf for an hour or two, but when I teach in the summer, I put in six to eight hours in the water. And now at my age, um, I just had a micro on my L2, L3, um, three and a half weeks ago.
3: That's high up. So uh, that because- means you're getting pain into your hip area from and your quad that's what that nerve feeds different than typical sciatica which is L4-5 or L5-S1. L2-3 mm. is higher up and as a lot of people I see who mistakenly have back surgery when they need hip surgery and mistakenly have hip surgery when they should have back surgery so that's an interesting location to have your micro Yeah
0: I originally herniated l 4 5 and I my right leg had nerve damage and was kind of a stick mm-hmm. and I've worked it back. Um, it's been two years mm-hmm. and now and then I re herniated this one mm. and he said it was bigger. So we did that surgery. But the big concern I'm having is when I go to sleep at night, both of my hands go numb mm. and um, it was kind of, happening occasionally about two years ago, and then went away. Then last summer, I was so busy and taught a lot. And even just putting my arm through a t-shirt or reaching for a light, I had a lot of pain in my left arm. Um, So through physical therapy, it got better in the winter. And then of course, the summer I got busy again. And now the arm the the hands just go numb, hmm. and I've gotten MRIs, the doctors looked at it, they say, well, I don't really see anything going on, so uh, I don't know. i whoa, my hands go numb okay. every night. I just keep waking up. All right, know. so
3: I'm going to help you, all right? You ready? Yes. There are two reasons that a hand goes numb. Not one reason, two reasons. Okay. Either the trouble is to the nerve emanating from your neck, your cervical spine, or the damage is pressure on the three different nerves that go into your hand. So for you to make an okay sign, that is the median nerve, the carpal tunnel nerve, that people who type a lot, for example, crush that nerve. But they have numbness in their thumb, their index, their long finger, and one half of their ring finger and they have weakness in making an okay sign, that's the median nerve. The ulnar nerve is sensation to half of the ring finger and all of the little finger, and the motor function is to spread your fingers, the intrinsic muscles, those are the ulnar nerve. That's the second of three nerves that go into your hand. And the third and final nerve that goes into your hand feeds the skin sensation to the back of your hand. Okay, And we can check that by seeing if you can extend your wrist to hold a can of soda or a bottle of Corona with a lime in it if you want. That's the radial nerve. Now, if you tell me all of your fingers go numb, it involves all these areas, That as, then as we say in New York, forget about it. You're not having pressure on all three nerves which are located in strategically three separate spots. That ain't happening. That means you got a problem with the nerve coming out of your neck. And there is a very beautiful and elegant way, test, to figure out is the problem downstream, where your wrist and hand is, crushing the nerves, causing the numbness? Or is the problem upstream, where your neck is, where the nerves come out of your cervical spine? Very simple, very elegant beautiful test, one of my favorite tests in orthopedic surgery. And it's called a nerve conduction EMG. And it has to be done by someone. Dr. Ranawat taught me something many years ago. The eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. If you go to a doctor, a Schmendrick, who has no idea what they're looking at, he ain't going to see anything. You got to go to someone who's capable of figuring out why a healthy, active, beautiful guy like you is having numbness. You're not going to complain about anything unless you basically can't move. I could tell already just from talking to you. You're not a fetcher, You're not a complainer. Something's the matter. So someone needs to figure it out. So I'm going to give you the name of my favorite neurologist at Cedar sinai I love this guy. And when you call him, you tell him you're my cousin. You tell him, you got to have an appointment. You're a weekend warrior, and he'll get a big kick out of it. He's hard to see uh, because he's busy, because he's good. But if you want to move up the line and get to see him, tell him you're my cousin. I love him. His name is Steven Sykes, S-Y-K-E-S. He's the best. Let him go meet with you. You complain to him. He'll figure out, is it coming from your neck or is it down low, carpal tunnel, Guion's canal ulnar nerve he'll figure out what it is but you should take it seriously all right thank you so much dr carper
0: listen it's my pleasure I'll do something nice for some random person today
3: that's exactly right that's what i was going to tell you so that means you listen and i love that so god bless you you made my day knowing that i'm talking in this microphone and people like you good people like you good people like hideki are listening that is special to me and thank you so much. All right, Warriors, let's talk about next week. Scott Kaplan. Ah, oh, we'll take a break. I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about next week, and it's thanks to the great Scott Kaplan, who is my favorite guy on this radio station. I'll tell you what I'm going to be talking about next week, and it's due to Scott Kaplan. Oh, my God, is it going to be fun next week. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN
5: he learned to walk while i was away and he was talking for i knew it and as he grew he'd say i'm gonna be like you dad you know i'm gonna be like you
2: miss an interview or doc's weekly story check it out on the weekend warrior facebook page also doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains just type weekend warrior in the facebook search bar and you'll see doc's picture in the listings and thanks for checking out the weekend warrior facebook page
3: it's key shine in the morning my man dr clapper and the weekend warrior
1: show starts your saturday morning join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m but don't miss my show Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going
3: on,
2: L.A.? It's Kobe Bryant.
3: Soon to be a major motion picture.
2: Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. How can we not talk about family? My family's all that we got. Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gonna be with me for the last ride. Stand
0: alone. Without you, my friend
2: And I'll tell you all about it When I see you again, see you again. We've come a long, we a long way
6: From where we began you know we oh, I'll tell you all about it When I see you again
3: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Speaking of Ohana in my life, people that I feel connected to that I'm not a blood relative with is Steve Paulette and it's possible and likely that after ten and a half years this is our last show together so I just want to say on the air a big mahalo and thank you to the man who made this show as special as it is the great Steve Paulette. I can't believe I'm even saying it Steve But Gene Crawford had to retire one day in the operating room. And the one thing they say about life, the one thing that's constant, is change. I can't thank you enough. We all can't thank you enough. You've made L.A. a better place these ten and a half years because of the karma that we're able to convey on this show. We just do good for goodness sake. Wow. Wow. Next week, thanks to the great Scott Kaplan, we're going to be talking to a man who started a company that makes T-shirts. But they're not T-shirts, they're golf shirts. It's called Sunday Swagger. It's more than just a shirt, though. Wait till you feel the material. And wait till we talk about, do you know why there's a crocodile on the Lacoste shirt? Do you know why Arnold Palmer decided to wear a pink shirt in the late 60s? We'll get into that next week. Until then, God bless you, Steve Paulette, whatever you do in your retirement. Until then, I leave you all with volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying. And boy, did we do that today. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.
0: I
6: Oh!
2: Weekend Wars on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear clappers crazy teaching stories. Easily find different callers, aches and pain issues.
3: Right, I get it.
2: Search Weekend War in the search bar and click on Doc's Picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend War Facebook page.